Hey, it's Elliot. I just wanted to give a quick reminder to hit the subscribe button if you haven't yet. We don't usually publish on a regular schedule, so subscribing will give you a heads up when there's a fresh episode to check out. And if you love the podcast as much as we love making it, leave us a rating and a review. Thanks. So it's rare, actually, that that we end up with something that's as timely as it's showing up on our phones right now. My phone just went off with the alert. Did you guys get it, Carmela? Yes, I just got it from uh, from New York Times uh, that Joe Biden signed uh, the legislation. It is officially a federal holiday, Juneteenth, so officially law. That's Carmela Glover. She's president of the Diversity Action Alliance. Uh, the Diversity Action Alliance is a coalition of public relations leaders who have assembled to accelerate the progress of diversity, equity, inclusion in public relations and communications, specifically around the areas of recruitment, retention, and representation at all levels of the corporate structure for people of color. Carmela is also my colleague at Page, serving as our director of DEI. It's not often that we get a new holiday, and in many ways it feels like a milestone following over a year of racial reckoning, especially in the US. So I wanted to get her perspective on Juneteenth, what it is, why it matters, and how companies can support it. I'm Elliot Mizrahi, and this is the new CCO. Let's start with a little background. For those who don't know the history, and I know there's many who still don't, June 19th, 1865, that's where we get Juneteenth from, Union General Gordon Granger finally rode into Texas to to let the 250-some thousand slaves know that they were freed. And this um, this was over two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. We were in the throes of the Civil War, right? Communication didn't happen quickly. So the troops were making their way to kind of the southernmost reaches of the country. It it was kind of a remote area and there was a huge population of slaves. And so that in itself is where the large celebration came from. And probably why Texas uh, is the state that celebrated it first and for the longest. I think the significance of Juneteenth is that it was Uh, It was representative of a much larger population of slaves in the U.S. that were now freed uh, as the the Union troops made their way south. What does it mean to you personally? Juneteenth, personally, to me, really does represent freedom and liberation. And when I reflect on um, the impact of, of being liberated, I think about how, you know, a little over 50 years later, we had uh, the Greenwood District of Tulsa, Oklahoma, a thriving Black Wall Street, a, a district in which all of the companies and businesses and vendors and services and stores, uh, movie theaters even, were Black-owned. And just 50 years before that, we were celebrating Juneteenth, and uh, maybe about 56 years before that, we were celebrating Juneteenth. And Freedom was the first step. Equality and equity were not guaranteed that day. We know following freedom, there was still segregation. And that segregation drove this very special Black population in Tulsa, Oklahoma to to create their own um, microcosm of the U.S. economy. And so today for me, as an African-American woman, I'm very careful with what I do with my freedom. If I have the right to do something, if I have the right to vote, if I have the right to be an entrepreneur, 
I take advantage of that and encourage, uh, you know, my my fellow African-Americans to do the same because it, it it is something that was not always a privilege for us. Freedom being the first step is something to celebrate because what you do with your freedom uh, is important. The Declaration of Independence did more than state our intentions to break free of British rule. It held that all men are created equal, endowed with the same God-given rights, among which are the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That these words didn't pertain to black people for generations to follow, and in some respects still don't, is a travesty. But declarations don't make change on their own, and despite the struggles, black people have overcome to find their own path to the freedom and prosperity that was promised to everyone, even overcoming the destruction of those efforts, as they did in Tulsa. It speaks to the fact that black people are surely capable of contributing to this society and to this economy in the same way that any other demographic is. The, the issue becomes uh, the, it being kind of a fair market and fair economy and there being a resentment of African-American success, right? Of, of, of black people being able to be successful and be affluent and kind of be self-sufficient. And that massacre was represented. I mean, it doesn't happen that explicitly today, but certainly there are uh, ways in which um, African-American business owners are are hindered uh, just because of, of who they are and what, the, what color their skin is uh, or because of certain policies and regulations um, lending laws. I mean, it is very difficult for Black entrepreneurs to get uh, capital for their businesses. Uh, if you look at the research and the data, you know, that struggle is not something that has changed. Now, this particular community in Tulsa, not 50 years after uh, the Juneteenth and the ratification of the, the 13th Amendment, they had an affluent district, an entire district. They were wealthy. They were living in beautiful homes. And uh, it was destroyed just because they were African-American. Uh, and coming back from that, even as a business owner today, uh, and today in the time where we have insurance and things that you know, can help us to replace material items when, when, when our buildings burn down, this was an entire district that required rebuilding. And that that's a that's a feat in 2021 when we've got advanced technology and machinery. Uh, it it this the struggle is not that much different uh, now to even enable a, a black entrepreneur to succeed um, is is it, it's difficult uh, unless they they have all the proper tools and resources. Which depending on where you grew up, depending on what school you went to, uh, depending on your your background, and depending on what banker you sit down next to. Um, you may or may not be afforded the same opportunities as someone who's not black. And, um, and that's, that is a struggle I think has recently come to the forefront as we see more venture capitalist firms trying to invest in black entrepreneurs. We do see Wall Street uh, doing their part in uh, providing education. So it's not just nonprofit organizations anymore. I think companies are coming to the realization that this should be a fair market economy. If we are responsible companies, we should not want to be the only ones who are competing in this market. 
particularly because the black dollar is 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 really strong. Black buying power is is in the billions of dollars. And if the black community decided that they wanted to build their own uh, district and, and only spend dollars within their black community, that that could suffer an extreme blow to big companies. But, you know, the competition is is welcome. Right. It, to, especially to companies who who recognize that um, it's healthy for our economy, it's healthy for our, our, our country. Um, and so I see it as a struggle that we are starting to recognize and starting to dismantle. Still a very long way to go. What lesson do you think people ought to draw from the awareness that making it a holiday brings? And, and what kinds of things do you think people ought to do with the day? I'd love to see people really reflect on what it means when you see headlines uh, that talk about this is the Black person's Independence Day. As a country, uh, we celebrate the 4th of July, but on July 4th, 1776, not everybody was a free citizen. And uh, there, there's a lot of implications there. When I think about some of the dem demonstrations that have happened in the past few years and uh, the complaints about uh, folks who sit down or kneel during the national anthem, uh, while not understanding that there's a lot of history there. So history is really important, reflecting on that, reflecting on the impact that that has on us still today as a country. Um, and I also hope that they, they not only educate themselves, that they not only reflect on it, but go out and support uh, Black businesses because we didn't have, we don't have the same length of, of history to have built generational wealth. Um, and so for that reason, we have a wealth gap, right? So it is awesome that we have Juneteenth recognized as a federal holiday. In fact, it's something that we asked for a activist, a 93-year-old activist from Fort Worth, Texas, um, started a change.org petition asking for this holiday. So the fact that uh, this was honored um, is amazing. But it was easier to grant than I think reparations uh, on a larger scale, um, similar to what was done in, in Germany and South Africa and other countries, uh, Colombia as well. So it's important to remember that Juneteenth and, and freedom and liberation is just the first step. Uh, there is still a long way to go. And uh, there is definitely opportunity to make the same amends um, with the Black community in the United States. Reparations may not fix everything, but it certainly is a, a symbol of moving forward collectively as a country. But, uh, you know, I do believe it is an opportunity to celebrate. And that's a better way to learn than to sit behind your computer and Google and look at the dates. And I mean, the dates and the history are important. But find a way to celebrate with uh, with your your you know your black colleagues and your black friends, and um, I'm sure they'd be be happy to to talk to you about it. I mean, yes, do your own research, but it, it is a day of celebration um, and a day to honor uh, the freedom that we have as African Americans. There are so many things that could evolve into a um, a holiday or that we could recognize as important and. I mean, even if you flip through a history book, there's there's a ton of dates and it's like, why don't we celebrate everything? But there is a uh, a really heavy significance to uh, to Juneteenth that I think pushed it over the edge. Those lasting impacts 
um, require for us to be rewritten into history. When I say us, I mean, obviously, I mean, African-American people. Um, and that may be true uh, for other demographics. And it may, it may take for us to uncover them. But what I celebrate is that we are adding this to the federal holidays. I mean, if we're if we are going to celebrate Columbus Day and um, and days in our history that represent something to our country, it needs to represent our entire country. Though we saw plenty of public pronouncements by companies, many are thinking about how to take action. Carmela offers some advice. Well, I think my first thought is authenticity is critical. Whatever the company is saying and doing should be in alignment with the company's values, with the brand's uh, tone and personality. It it shouldn't be forced, right? Let me give an example. Um, Pepsi is, uh, if you go to pepsidigin.com, they are supporting Black restaurant owners. And they've been doing this since last year. But I think it is an excellent demonstration of what all organizations should be doing. And maybe on Juneteenth in the future, um, it's a federal holiday, but employers uh, can choose to do what they like with that holiday. It would be cool if Pepsi sent its employees on an experience day to go and work um, at Black restaurants and see how they operate and experience Black food, which is which is varied, right? You could experience Black food at 10 different restaurants and never taste the same flavor. Um, but that would be authentic to Pepsi because they obviously they provide uh, you know food and beverage products and, and that, that's a great partnership for them to have. But again, it has to be authentic to that company, whatever they do to celebrate. And another reason why I think that businesses are at the forefront of this um, is because stakeholders have pushed businesses and and I'm thinking about the business roundtable statement right now where uh, the purpose of a corporation was um, was redefined right and that that was almost a slap in the face to what was being um, said and done at the White House at that time I mean the dismantling of uh, diversity and sensitivity training because racism doesn't exist was, I think an impetus for for people who knew that it existed and who experienced it, or who knew people who experienced it, to kind of to rise up and um, and kind of take matters into their own hands. And I think as communicators, it is our duty to hold our uh, our clients or our our leadership accountable. It's also really critical that the internal stakeholders are in alignment. As, even if it is a good cause and we're we're taking great actions, it needs to be something that's important to and communicated to every stakeholder, starting internally with employees. I also believe that the actions uh, need to precede the statements. A lot of what we see is statements about here's what we're going to do, here's what we're planning to do. But there was just a, a couple of articles that came out uh, about a month ago uh, reporting on companies' action plans since uh, 2020. So we're, we were a year out from George Floyd's murder a little, um, a little less than a month ago. And most companies created these well-crafted action plans, uh, well-written statements, and um, a year later, the action plans were not all fully fulfilled. 
In fact, we found that many companies pledged millions of dollars and um, and didn't didn't actually disperse that those funds out to uh, their the collaborators or the um, the organizations that they said they would. And so for that reason, I wholeheartedly feel that the action, if it's not preceding what uh, what statements you're releasing, it should at least go in tandem with them uh, in good faith. And, um, you know, trust is high in businesses right now. And in order to maintain that, uh, the actions need to match the words. I think there's a real opportunity for communicators to uh, to bring people together and um kind of break down some of those uh, those walls. So in addition to working on the policies that we have and under, like, deeply understanding um, how systemic uh, some of the inequities are, and, and that takes time to dismantle, to be able to bring people together on just a human level, just on the fact that, uh, you know, empathy should be up. You know, we, we especially after COVID-19, I mean, we were all suffering the same way no matter what color we were through COVID-19. And it's an opportunity for community caters while empathy is up, right? Because everyone was either losing someone or knew someone who was getting sick. While empathy is up is to just explain and, and intercede in a way that only communicators can because we are uh, we're wordsmiths and, and masters at changing hearts, minds, and behaviors to allow people to forget about their uh, their political opinions and their political sides and to just really embrace their fellow human. Uh, and for that to be the reason that we're celebrating uh, collectively. Because if we can celebrate the, the 4th of July collectively, we can celebrate Juneteenth collectively. That celebration is a new thing in the States and it'll evolve over time. I can't see too far into the future, but I do see it evolving into something that is um, not just recognized by by shutting down, uh, you know, the federal, um, the federal agencies and offices, but uh, by getting out and volunteering and, uh, and being part of growing the economy, volunteering your services, if you have a, um, if you have a skill or talent that you can, that you can share, right, or to go and learn a skill or talent from a Black entrepreneur. Um, I just, I, I see that happening as we're starting to evolve. I mean, right now on Instagram and on social media and on Twitter, people are sending out lists of here are black entrepreneurs you can um, you can support on on Juneteenth. And I think that would be a great day to always mark like how much the um, revenues or profits of black black organizations jumped on that day, you know, just to give them a mid year jumpstart. Though it's rooted in a milestone in American history, slavery is far from being a solely American issue. This is particular to the U.S.'s history, but uh, many other countries around the world have experienced, have citizens whose ancestors have experienced oppression. They have milestones in their history uh, that uh, they can point to and say, this was a, this was a good day for XYZ demographic. Um, particularly in Western countries, their uh, diversity challenges and their wealth gap and equity challenges are um, are similar to the U.S. like in in, in Europe and in the U.K. Uh, where it is different is in uh, countries like India and countries like China, where they may be um, they, their challenges may be less related to race or skin color and more so gender. Uh, for example, in in China or um, class and caste in India. 
And there is a lot more tolerance for um, LGBTQ in the Middle East. And so there, there are definitely going to be things that they can celebrate that are similar. Uh, slavery happened not just in the U.S. Slavery happened almost everywhere. So I'm sure that there are ways that they can honor this and reach back into their history um, and see where current day uh, inequalities can be traced back to. So uh, how does the news make you feel? I mean, it's 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 a nice thing. It's a wonderful thing. You know, we uh, in this country, we, we I think it makes it the 11th federal holiday. Uh, and that's pretty significant. Right. So uh, while employers are not required to honor it, we know our you know, our government, our federal uh, employees will be observing it. And it's a big deal. What do you think you'll be doing tomorrow? Well, so. In the Black community, we typically get together uh, on Juneteenth, uh, whether with our families or with our communities. I will be getting together in my community um, at a barbecue. Um, and it is, it's not just a barbecue. Um, we celebrate Black entrepreneurship. Uh, we, we shop uh, Black vendors. And we get to know the different cultures within the, the Black diaspora, the African diaspora. We're, again, we're not a monolith. So uh, we learn a little bit more about ourselves. To learn more about the Diversity Action Alliance or to sign its commitment, please visit diversityactionalliance.org. If you enjoyed today's episode of The New CCO, be sure to check out our latest episodes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, leave us a rating and a review. We want to hear what you think so that we can keep making this podcast more interesting and valuable to you. To find out more about what's happening at PAGE, please visit us at page.org. Special thanks go to Rivet Smart Audio, our podcast sponsors. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this podcast to you. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on The New CCO.